This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello. Hello, everybody. Ooh, quite loud. Well, this is Dumpty Dum, so obviously we're starting half an hour late. It's pouring with rain and none of the tech's working. So, you know, same old. Um, we are going to um, introduce everybody gradually. They're all going to come on. And then Andrew is going to come out, Andrew Horn. And he is going to force you all to sing an incredibly loud Dumpty Dum. So it sounds like there are several million of you in the hall. Um, so we need lots of tremendous cheering, general overexcitement and wetting of knickers, everything, um, so that it just sounds marvellous. Um, Royford has just said to me backstage, are we actually recording this? <laughs> just to double check. So yes, we are. Um, okay, I will now introduce to you Mr. Andrew Horn. Paula Rinnera, extraordinaire. And I know Royfield's coming. Yes, right. Yes. Um, and uh, I will now also bring on my podcasting husband, Royfield Brown. Got any script? <laughs> After you can share. Hello, everyone. Or rather, greetings, Earthlings, as I usually say. Um, we haven't had our warm-up underneath the bridge on the canal this year, so I'm a bit worried that we need a warm-up. And I thought, first of all, anyone down there got a birthday today? No, good. So we just got one birth. Oh, we got two. Okay, we have two birthdays. We've got Catherine and we've got Angela through the door, who hopefully is listening. So we're going to sing a happy birthday to Catherine and Angela as a warm-up, and then we'll do the Dumpty Dum. All right? <clears throat> two, three. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Catherine and Angela. 
That's good. So we're ready for the warm-up. Uh, we're ready for the Dumpty Dum now. And a nice big bar at the end. Yes, I shall conduct the sheep. <coughs> After four. Three, four. Are we on? We are. Have we started? We've started. You know what? When you look at this audience, Lucy, what do you see? I see a lot of Dumpty Dum. There's one there. There's a lady there in the Dumpty Dum top. Another one over uh, there. Another one over there. They're wearing our merch. But you know what I see? Fun, frivolity and fecundity. They're a spunky lot, this audience, aren't they? <laughs> How many Dumpty Dum babies do you reckon are going to be born in nine months' time after this weekend? <laughs> Look, well, just want to ask everybody a little bit of a question, right? Just before we properly start the show. If you have called in to the show, if you're a caller in or a stand up. Okay, that doesn't really work on a podcast. <laughs> so, hundreds, so, hundreds of them. So, so, if you're a caller in or a why don't you just go after three? One, two, three, bear. One, two, three, bear. All right, so those are the caller in If you have, I didn't say you could sit down. <laughs> if you have um, emailed into the show on your feet. All right. Now, if, if you have contributed to Patreon, you support Lucy and I doing this wonderful enterprise on your feet. Thank you. Okay, all right. Everybody who sat down, take a look at these people. Shame <laughs> on you. Shame on you. You know, these, they come. They just think they can just spend £12 on a ticket and it's all good. No, it's not good enough. Shame on the lot of you. But take a look at these hard-working, dum-de-dum listeners and just give them a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you for your support. If your name is Claire Asprey, can you stand up, please? <gasps> Thank you for the bunting. She did the bunting. <laughs> That's where it went. Fabulous. Exactly. Um, sh should we start, then? Let's start. Um, this is Dumby Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Amrich in the heart of the Midlands. We are coming to you this afternoon live from the splendid town hall in Birmingham. When I say live, I mean we are all alive, not it is not going out live. <laughs> I am the cheesemonger's cheesemonger, that is Royfield Brown, and with me I have the filthmonger's filthmonger, that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of Helen's unlikely nationwide expansion focuses you. Now, this week's Dumby Dum is from the excellent audience here at Birmingham Town Hall, where we are all gathered to celebrate all things Ambridge. And on that note, please welcome to the Dumpty Dum stage our celebrity friend and sometime co-host and also birthday girl, comic and all-round Wonder Woman, Angela Barnes. birthday. I've stood out there. You might not know this about me. I'm deaf. I wear hearing aids. I couldn't hear a thing. 
going on? They need to do it again then, do they? They're singing to you. Sorry about that. Whose go is it? Oh, yes, that's you. All right, and give a fabulous dum-de-dum welcome to Susie Riedel, everyone's favourite tart with a punitive relationship with the Lord of the Manor. She's Tracy Horobin. Now, Lucy, it's not every day that we come to my hometown and get... uh, 180 odd people to sing a dum dum So if somebody's maybe at home with, with 179 one, other people, <laughs> how would they send us in a dum dum If you would like to sing us a dum dum or leave us a plot prediction, then you can call us on 0203 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo, as always, for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek who has stage-managed us all. Um, he's had to nip back to Ambridge for a bit as he's worried about the AM flooding. The last thing he needs is Auntie Cardboard getting damp. <laughs> <laughs> On this week's episode, we hear views from Auntie Jean, Monty, Witherspoon, New York, Nigel, Ash, Brian, and all grey whiskers. So. Well, how can you be here and on the phone, Royville? Well, uh, did you hear about this ridiculous... I don't know what a theory. fan theory, but it's an Angela been kind of a bit crazy theory. Angela reckons that I am old grey whiskers. <laughs> now, well, I, and here is done. old grey whiskers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I mean, you would say that. <laughs> Decoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, is, is it time for that bit of the show? It is. All right, so without any further ado, folks, it's the moment that you've all been waiting for. It's our Juicy Loose and a week in Ambridge. Well, this week was slightly more sane than last week's. Did anyone else have a list as long as that of Toby Fairbrother's creditors of unanswered questions about last week? I was starting to think I'd dreamt it and I had to listen again. What the hell was all that drag queen stuff? Why was Carmen from Essex and her son was from Manchester? How did Henry leave his own party to go trick-or-treating, leaving a host of little friends all staring at each other glumly across the celery sticks and gluten-free oat cakes that Helen had left out for a sculptured Halloween tea? How was Joe getting to see this rattled old bat when he couldn't drive and no one saw him going out in Bartleby? How come Adam and Ian, who had a conniption fit when Kate took the baby for a walk around the village, just casually handed it over to Jennifer when they went to a wedding? (laughs) You did all hear that too, didn't you? I was beginning to think I'd bang my head and come round thinking I was Kirsty Walk. Anyway... So slightly less insane this week, but it still had some slightly odd aspects to it, centred around Joe. I don't know whether Ambridge celebrates the Mexican Day of the Dead, but the unshakable conviction the Grundys have that Joe is with them, there with them, looking at them, is now bordering on the weird. They took his suit to the dry cleaners, so he looked smart going to meet his wife. He stopped off at Grange Farm to have a cup of tea before he went to the church to be buried, and I was fully expecting him... Uh, to be propped up uh, in the trap and have Bartleby deliver him right into the middle of the service. Um, Eddie said, I can't believe we're burying Dad this week. It's not that unbelievable, Eddie. I mean, he is dead. (laughs) 
It would be unbelievable if you were trying to bury Bert Fry, yes. Uh, Freddie was miserable at the start of the week because Oliver was being a bit moody. Oliver felt he needed to impose some sort of order on the rampant chaos that thrives at Gay Grables. Uh, Oliver's manager has been mute for three years. His flip-flop stack has gone part-time. His senior receptionist spends her entire time reading or photocopying at the front desk. And his junior receptionist wanders around with a water cooler bottle strapped to her back, waving a vacuum hose around and whistling the theme from Ghostbusters. (laughs) Apparently, Oliver has banned the playing of cards in the kitchen during quiet periods. Uh, Freddie was really annoyed as he was just getting good at it and all he needed was Mr. Hackinson, the Asperger's vet, to get the full set. (laughs) Anyway, he cheered himself up by organising his party, which in early discussions sounded like a sort of bacchanalian orgy, uh, but his time in Clink seems to have turned him into an accountant from Isha and the event itself sounded more like a suburban dinner party than a teenager's rave. There was subdued chat, lift music in the background and I was waiting to hear someone pop round with a volivant. Also, Lily and Johnny seemed to be the only people there, and they both did an Alice. <laughs> Lily, interestingly, gets posher the more she drinks. She sounded like Princess Margaret by the time she <laughs> cornered Johnny and bewilderingly made him the lodestar of information regarding romance. Aren't petrol station carnations brilliant? <laughs> Before I forget, uh, just to keep you updated, Kira likes pineapple rings, so that's good. She's gone right off tinned pears. Uh, more news on that as it comes in. Um, over at Lower Loxley, Lily was literally watching paint dry rather than talk to Russ. Uh, she and Freddie decided to go on a stakeout of Lara's house. Freddie was gutted as he'd misunderstood and thought Lily was taking him for a steak out, so he was wearing his special eating trousers. Um, So Cagney and Lacey sat there, staring at a total stranger's house, with him shouting, Is that her? No, Freddie, that's a man. Is that her? No, Freddie, that's a cat. When Lara did finally trot up the steps to the house in her school uniform, swinging her Paddington Bear lunchbox, (laughs) Lily seemed to have no difficulty in just strolling in there and having a chat. How did that start? Hi, love your shoes. Are they start right? I'm I'm knocking off your husband. Just wanted if we could have a bit of a chat about that. Um, At Bridge Farm, Helen was thanking the Montbelliards. They were effusively French in their response. (laughs) She was extremely overexcited generally, as Rufus Dunkley, the cheese man, had said nice things about Borchester Blue and ended up making her an offer. Admittedly, it was probably, I will give you five pounds if you leave me alone, but still, an offer is an offer. Uh, Doofus Runkley, the cheesemonger's cheesemonger, was privileged to witness Bridge Farm at its cold comfort best on his visit with Pat intoning, well, you should always expect the worst and then you're never disappointed, and Helen running about in the mud with a cow covered in blood having eaten a lantern. That lantern came from Beechwood, said Helen, the snob's snob. Um, I was amused to realise here how much of an alternative universe I live in when Helen said that Doofus Runkley was having lunch with the Duxford sisters and I actually thought, oh, I wonder how they are. Um, If you thought the Fairbrothers were irritating, turns out the Fairbrothers speaking in rhyming couplets is enough to make your bowels shatter with irritation. Um, They were even annoying each other, but that's largely because someone's saying to you, why are you in a grump? You are in a grump. Yes, you are. Why are you in a grump? Puts you in a bit of a bloody grump. <laughs> Toby was slightly alarmed when Rex said, Oh, I didn't realise you had Rosie on your back. And I pictured him turning round in alarm and realising the poor little sod was clinging on with both hands having made a desperate <laughs> bid for freedom from Rickyard, where Pip had left her in the night guard, watching in the night guard on a loop for two weeks. Freddie was in bad odour at the stables, still having read Shula's autobiography. 
It's called, That's Enough About Me, What Do You Think About Me? <laughs> Why in the world would anyone, least of all a teenage boy, want to read the autobiography of the world's most boring woman? <laughs> Chapter three, David falls over. Chapter four, I changed my parting. Chapter five, new socks. Anyway, Alistair says he thinks Shula should be a bishop, presumably because he wants to bash her. Over at the gay grables, Tracy seemed to... Sorry. Tracy. Tracy uh, seemed to have uh, heard Linda's suggestion that she should be professional with Oliver as pretend to be second vassal from the left in a Shakespearean tragedy. This morning finds me well, thank you, sir, and I trust the heavens are shining bright on me, she said, tugging her forelock. Oliver was baffled, his default setting, if we're honest, um, but he went coconutting with Shula, who conveniently forgot she was one of the bum faces that were sniffy about his friendship with Tracy in the first place, and said Caroline would want you to be friends with her. As Shula has now, in Neil's temporary absence, taken over the role of village wise woman, Oliver immediately did what she said, and they had a somewhat coy reconciliation. Oh. And now for us to be placed. Um, Eddie <laughs> used Emma as a human animal deterrent, plonked in front of a gateway to stop a disturbed sheep, which probably makes a change for her from gutting chickens, to be honest. Next week, she starts her new role as a bollard in the Gay Grable's car park. <laughs> and we ended the week with the wick. Miniature steak and kidney puddings seemed to feature more heavily than Joe, which was odd. Uh, I think Alf was there, but as his mouth was so permanently rammed with food, it was either him or the silage clamp. <laughs> I am not ashamed to admit I had a small weep when Jimus got the piano bit right. And an even bigger weep with delight that Jolene didn't sing. <laughs> Goodbye, Joe, and thank you. The end. Mm. Well Aww. done, you. Thank you very much. Right. You know what, Lucy? I can honestly say that was so much better than last week. <laughs> so much better. Oh. Um, so wh- where do we start? Where do we start? Should we start at the end? With the wake. Hmm. Was Tracy at the wake? Were you there? Where were you? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> she had a lot to drink. She yeah. <laughs> I was eating steak and kidney puddings out of that. Um, yeah. I mean... Tracy never had that many scenes with Joe, did she? I had... No, none. None. Uh, Yeah. But it's it's really... I was thinking, Tracy's kind of become so popular uh, recently, and the scripts for her have been so strong and funny. Just funny. It Um, would have been a bit... Do that line about keying your car. Uh, (laughs) I saw you talking to that Justin Elliott outside the shop. I'll key his car if you like. Just yeah. um, I would. I wish I was more like Tracy. You know? <laughs> I was going to ask you actually. Do you think what aspects of Tracy are you that you want to admit to publicly? The shoes. <laughs> she said, "These are my Tracy shoes." <laughs> when she's in character. <laughs> um, oh, she's just so. She has no um, boundaries. Filter. Yeah, but she doesn't. She doesn't concern herself with what people think, and that is one thing I really wish. I could take from her. I think that's just a great attribute, isn't it? Mm. Just not to give her stuff. Yeah. Except when it's someone who she really likes. And uh, she was gets genuinely upset. gutted when she was told to. Yeah. Stay away from. From Oliver, Oliver Mr. Sterling. Um, <laughs> Mr. Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sterling. Uh, yeah. Are I they think... going to get together? You know, you can't tell us, but we always do this. I mean, just... I I don't know. 
I literally know but, nothing. But, <laughs> Sorry. But, but you've been playing the role of Tracy for how many years now? Uh, eight. Eight. And did they, did the, did the gentleman in the suits come up to you and say, boy, mush, there's going to be more of you this year? Or was it, was it a surprise when you started getting all these scripts and all these callbacks to come? Uh, to it's, always, it's always a bit of a surprise. I've been booked. Woohoo! Um, <laughs> but when Jeremy took over as editor, um, mm. there was a, a kind of a, a get-together for everybody, and he did say he liked the character of Tracy, which I was very pleased about. Um, and uh, so I kind of was hoping that there'd be a bit more, because he'd said that. Otherwise, he'd just be rubbing my face, <laughs> teasing me. Um, so, yeah, but I, I mean, all of, the, all of what's happened has been... Uh, I didn't know she was going to become a receptionist at Grey Gables. I mean, that, I was just absolutely yeah. over the moon when I saw that. It's great. And you and Linda are such a good <sighs> double actress. Well, it's so ever. funny because the last time I did Dumpty Dum, we had a chat mm-hmm. and we were talking about who could Tracy be paired with. Oh, it have to be someone kind of completely opposite. And you said Linda. Yeah. I was like, that would be great. And what well, I think they must listen to, you know, what's Royfield saying? They get all <laughs> their best script ideas from yeah. yes, Dumpty Dumpty. Yeah. That, that's, that like, that yeah. that's a fact. That's a fact. In that case, can I say, it's about time there's a comedian in that village. <laughs> <laughs> keep saying it. Keep saying it every week. They'll be like, Angela. Um, yeah, so so it just works, doesn't it? And and uh, I love the scenes with Linda and Oliver. I just it's an absolute dream. It's yeah. just so so good. But so also, fun. I think Joe didn't have a filter. Joe said exactly what he thought as yeah. well. And Tracy's almost taking on that mantle of being the one that cuts through all the bullshit in the village and just says, "Why are you doing that?" You know, she, <laughs> yeah. she doesn't she doesn't go through all the. Oh, well, you ask her and she'll ask him. And Do you know everyone's first name and surname? <laughs> oh yeah, she is the new Joe. I think I probably do. I'm about to get a horse um, and I like cider so it's all go (laughs) yeah if our Tracy had to be paired up with anybody Angela who would it be? romantically Mm -hmm. Oliver Sterling I mean that's now that's in my head but isn't that just us projecting as as listeners but who else is it going to be Will Blondie I wouldn't push that on anyone Who are the other eligible young... What about the, the ex-karate guy with the white trainers that Lee. Helen had a Lee, Lee. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> You reckon? Yeah. Well, we invested a lot in Lee. I know, why did he, is he coming back? There's a thing, somebody, I saw on Twitter, somebody put, because you know people look ahead in the Radio mm. Times at the, and at the end mm. of November there's a, a, something like Helen gets a blast from the past and I'm like, Christ, let it be Lee and not Rob. Yeah. Oh. Oh. So, I'm still living in fear of... Hello. hello. Oh. <laughs> he couldn't come back yet, though, could he? It's I mean, he soon. would literally be hounded out of the village. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. too soon. I listened yeah. to that last, the last episode he was in. I did a, a Facebook Live interview with the actor whose name I can't remember. Uh, Timothy. Ah, Timothy, Timothy, yes. And um, uh, so we were at Broadcasting House listening to it as it went out. Oh, God. And I was sat next to him as he's been, and I was like, oh, you're awful. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to do this like, interview straight afterwards. I was like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> oh, he's such, and he's such a nice guy. I, I, never, I didn't have a scene with him, but I was in. I was in the, Tracy was in the last episode that he recorded, but it wasn't his last, it wasn't his last episode. It right. was sort of out, out of sync. And, uh, and it was really very moving. It was you know, his last time in the, in the studio, and they presented him with the, the knife. Um, <gasps> 
I mean, he got a mug as well, but, you know, the knife was better. Um, yeah, so he... And he was really, you know, welling up, and everyone was, really, because... Yeah. But you are our person of honour around the table today. And I think you need to tell people, or at least we need to explain to people, your story with you actually being in the Archers. Because I don't think most people do know. Because you used to play another character when you first came into it. And how old were you when you first came into the Archers? Well, I started playing Kate Aldridge when I was 11, See, gasps. I know. I grew up in, in Birmingham and, uh, and as you know it's recorded in, in the mailbox just down the road um, and in fact it was Pebble Mill at that time um, and so I, I auditioned, uh, I was in a, in a drama group and I got an audition no idea what I was doing, I was just reading from a script and I could read, so that was a bonus um, and uh, yeah I got the, got the part of Kate Aldridge and I remember my first line which was I'll have a lager and lime please at the ball. At the ball. Well, she, Kate was 12. She was a tearaway. She's the complete opposite to me. Was it, that the I was period where she... shocked when I had to produce <laughs> that period when Kate was continually getting Will and Ed into trouble? She led them astray and they broke into someone's house. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. She also went out with a... Well, to my sort of 13 or 14-year-old self, this guy was about 50. But it was probably only sort of late teens. I remember <laughs> um, And she went out with this much older guy and there was a car crash... And there was, the post office got held up, mm. and she let down the tyres of the um, getaway car. Do you remember that, anybody? <laughs> so, yeah, r- weird. And I played Kate for five years. My mum's in the audience somewhere. Where is she? Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, she's sat right next to my mum. Oh, is she? Oh, well. <laughs> Hi, mum. Um, mum won't remember chaperoning me, coming and chaperoning me at that time and stuff. Um, and then, so I stopped playing when I was about 16, and then 17 years later, get the call to play Tracy, sort of turn up for one episode, eight mm. years later, I'm shagging Oliver. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, um, it really, for me, The Archers really feels like it's been with me, even though there's a big 17-year gap, it, it's been with me my whole life, and it's very special. I was saying to you before, wasn't I? It feels like a, another, it's my other life. It, and it, is, it exists. I am with you all in this. It absolutely exists, even though when I listen to it, I know that, the, you know, we're all standing around the microphone. But, um, but I, I, um, you know, they exist. And I do find it difficult when I meet the actors, sometimes not, not calling them by their character names as well. Like, I mean, Alistair looks like an Alistair. It's absolutely Alistair. And I'm like, mm, mm, um, so, yeah, it's just been with me forever and I love it mm. and it's nice to have gone from posh to not so the one, well, I, I was going to be together with, with the Oliver you're going to be I am keeping my fingers the the and I, I have to say I love the way you say gay gravels oh dear um, yeah it's just it's weird though isn't it mm. Kate to Tracy <laughs> and I told um, Kate Perdita that I'd played Kate <laughs> <laughs> she thought it was great. But we're quite, we're quite similar in real life because she, she's got two young kids as well and is constantly worrying about them and stuff. So, yeah. 
It's nice. As opposed to the real Kate, who doesn't give a stuff where her children need <laughs> oh. And neither does Tracy. And that, now it's all, oh, yeah, you look lovely holding a baby. They can't yeah. keep track of the three you've got. No, I know. <laughs> in, uh, when you said, uh, in the monologue, I know you brought it up, when uh, Christine, well, they said, um, not Christine, sorry, uh, Caroline would be happy for mm. Oliver. It's like, she bloody would. <laughs> <laughs> no. I love the character of Caroline, but mm. she was a frightful snob. She, she was. was. She was, there was absolutely no way, because she, she, she wanted I... to kick the grandmas out, didn't she? She wanted to... Hey. A... But no, because Will 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 was a godson. godson. Oh yeah, but she still wanted she's, to. Yeah. yeah, it's a little bit grudgy. Yeah. Her godson. yeah, I don't think she would have been at all happy. No, she would doing? But there was a certain amount of discourse about the social economic ranking of of the characters and people people in the village, and I almost felt like they'd been listening to Dundee Dun. You know, as that's you, you're always banging on about class, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, it's definitely Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You do maps, I do class. But just before we go into the caller in race, just remind us, Angela, what, what's your kind of Archer's origin story? Well, so I, I listened to it. I grew up listening to it. My mum listened to it. Mm. Um, so it was always just sort of on, and it was that thing that mum listened to, and I never... It was around me growing up, but never really engaged with it. And then when I went off to university, I sort of missed home, sort of like 18, mm. um, and I would listen to it secretly. <laughs> I didn't tell anyone. But obviously we didn't have the internet then, so it was no. in my bedroom, you know, seven... I'm just going to go and do a thing at 7 o'clock what, every evening in my why, room. Why was it in secret? Was it a social Because it was part? the Archers and I was 18. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I... So from then, I've never stopped listening. Um, yeah, right the way through. So I what guess... What was the first storyline you remember? First storyline I really remember, I think, would have been... Because like, I, I really remember like Siobhan and um, all of that, but I know I was listening before that. Mm. And, also, and, and like Edward on crack and all of that stuff happening. Um, people say it's all about farming. Fuck off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, so I, I thought I might as well be the first to swear it's going to happen. Be out of the way. <laughs> um, but I, I can't remember. It, yeah, it was all sort of vague. But I remember, I think the, the whole Siobhan thing was the first thing that really... Yeah. Um, resonated. So that would have been what early two thousands, maybe. Yeah. I think. I think you know it's got you when you go. Oh, it's fun. Oh, it's Saturday. Yeah, and then you, <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And you think, what are they doing? What are they doing <laughs> while I'm here? I want. To, I want to find out what they're doing. Should you do the corner in? Uh, yeah. There's no Linda Sniff because I forgot to upload her. Okay. All no. right. So, but we'll put it in the edit, don't worry. You'll all listen I, I back. Have, can, can I, just, I have to say that my boyfriend's sister, I'm not going to point him out because he'll be embarrassed, but he has never listened to Dum to Dum or watched The Archers, and what? watching his face right now is brilliant. Uh, <laughs> uh, what is this? What is a Linda Sniff? What are they talking about? It's great. Well done, darling. <laughs> Hello, Ambridge 396. <laughs> so that's happened, and I go, Lucy, should we have Glyn first then? Let's have Glyn. Let's have a bit of Glyn. Hello, Dumpty Dum, it's Glyn here. First, my apologies. When I phoned in last week, I didn't realise it was the 300th podcast, and I failed to send you greetings. So may I send you um, my most felicitous greetings on your 301st podcast? And uh, congratulations on reaching this uh, exceptional milestone. Um, Royfield, uh, I agree calling Will Grundy a caricature was a step too far, uh, but I do stand by my comments that he is a character largely defined through other people's um, 
stories. And I'll leave it at that. Um, on the 300th podcast, you mentioned that, well, you and Lucy were clearly of the view that George had stole the money from the church last time Alf was in Ambridge. Um, are you aware that Kerry has been quite active on Twitter on this and has said that as far as he's concerned, it's fairly clear that Alf was the guilty party? So I think we should disagree with um, Uncle Kerry Davis uh, at our peril. Um, I haven't mentioned anything about this week's archers. Uh, that's because, frankly, I've got very little to say that I would regard as broadcastable on that subject. <laughs> Jim's ghost story apart, um, I'd rather draw a veil over the whole week and hope we can now all move on. Um, thank you to you, to Royfield, Lucy, and all the team for the amazing Dumpty Dum podcast. Please, uh, please keep it up for at least another 300 episodes. Uh, by which time you will have covered something like 3,500 episodes of The Archers. And have everyone in Dumpterdamland have a great week. Oh, that was Glenn. Round of applause. <laughs> you know, I like it when a caller in can admit when they're wrong and I was right. Will Grundy is... Don't like it the other way around, though, do you, Royce? <laughs> Not much, no. It happens all too often the other way around, and it becomes a little bit tiresome. But we do need to address the elephant in the room, which was a lot of what happened last week in the archers. <laughs> That's a big elephant. It wasn't last week, it was the week before last, wasn't it? It, it, it was. was. Yes, it was. It was, it was, it was the week it was before Carmen. last. Did mm. anyone think that was good? Were you listening to it thinking, what are they doing? Was a scriptwriter, I think, was watching RuPaul's Drag Race. (laughs) Well, I did I genuinely think that's what they were like, oh, people seem to like this. I did wonder if it was a a sort of instruction from the press office, we need to get more people watching. Well, I mean, it's not even on the BBC, is it? it So why would they? Absolutely bizarre. If you're going to have a character in that's a drag queen, keep them in. Make or make one of the existing well, characters jolly yeah. as a drag queen. No, maybe. Well, no. If, if you're, you're, you're going to put a character into the, into the confines of the of the docudrama drama who feels very much not a variance with it, you you have to at least write them well. It was not written well. Yeah. It wasn't acted well. It wasn't directed well. It wasn't plotted well, and. The best thing you can say about it, it makes you realise how good the rest of the writing is. That's the best thing you can say about it. Because it it was such a monumental, incredibly clunky. And they're using it as a a, a homage to uh, the Grundys of old, aren't they? That's what it is. With their ridiculous schemes and their slightly 'er ne'er-do-well friends, Mm. etc., etc. And we all thought we'd gone way past that. Also, I think it would have, like, have that after the funeral. It felt weird to have that in that... Yeah. A, the gap between him dying and, and being buried when there was no post-mortem, there was no... Yeah. It was clearly 98. There's no way it was three weeks before you would bury no. someone that age. And, and that should have all happened to it. Like, lay him to rest. Yeah. And then have the, the like, mad dash around for a hangover cure. But not while, while Eddie's supposed to be sorting out his... Mm. It, it, it just none of it rang true for me. No. And the actual funeral itself, I found a bit... Well, the, the problem with 
We didn't Last hear the funeral. Episode, we just... didn't... I wanted to hear a little bit of the service. I yeah. wanted to hear the clip-clop of Jem mm. carrying... Yeah. It would have been yeah. nice to have heard Alan. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, it just yeah. didn't feel... I didn't want to hear loads of people in the tea room, which... Don't get me started on it being in the tea room. Yeah. But <laughs> I didn't want to just hear other people going, oh, then that happened, didn't it? And do you remember when that happened an hour ago? Well, if Emma just, says why are we one not there? more thing... It's like she's Mrs. Anecdote now. Yeah. She's like... <gasps> Uh, the last time I said, you know, she's had about seven times since the last time she saw Joe <laughs> so far. Oh. And he but said, young Emma. Like, we always said Joe. young Why Emma. Why were we not at the funeral? Yeah. yeah. Like, it seemed straight. And yeah. I know scriptwriters are bound by, you know, who's available and who isn't and things like that. But I, I, I did like, I did like them all, uh, Jimus and Lillian in the pub, though, calling everyone by their... That was lovely. By and actually, sentence. the bit in the ball was lovely. And when, when mm. Jim did play, the, that was but we could have skipped the bit in the tea room, had 100%. a bit of the service. Yes. Bit of the service, the thing in the book. If only we were in charge. We should be, Lucy. (laughs) (laughs) The words we use. It's an oversight. Um, I'll tell you who is in charge. Ash, right now. Hi, it's Ash from Broccoli. Um, Excellent podcast last week. Um, I think you're totally right about um, the podcast um, community being group therapy. Um, Well, certainly an element of it. Um, I remember I first called in earlier in the year when I was very poorly. Uh, but now I'm fighting fit and poking my nose into the lives of people and families who have problems so vast that if I had them, I probably wouldn't get out of bed again. Uh, but then that's social work for you. Anyway, the thing I wanted to call about uh, was my utter shock when I heard that Kate doesn't have a tattoo. Um, I always assumed she'd have some kind of like hurdy-gurdy shit on her body somewhere. That's always how I've seen her anyway. Uh, but there you go. Um, oh, and a quick plot prediction. I reckon Joy Horville's daughter's going to croak and she's going to have to look after the grandkids. Um, yeah, that's what I reckon. Anyway, um, keep up the good work. Love to everyone out there. Bye. 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 Went a bit surprised at the end. Joy. Bye. What do you reckon about his uh, prediction about Joy? I, 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 I'm afraid I've had to take a hearing aid out because it's whistling, so I didn't hear exactly what you said about Joy. But I read a really interesting point about Joy Horville on Twitter. Somebody made it. Forgive me if the person who wrote it is listening. I can't remember who it was. They said that, um, isn't it funny how Joy Horville is seen as annoying because she's so socially awkward and, and difficult and, and, you know, quite makes situations up? Jacob must have autism. Yeah. Because he's a man. And he's social. No, but Jakob doesn't talk enough. She talks too, too much. much. But it's just that sort of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. she's just an old bitch, yeah. him, or there must yeah. be a reason Yeah, because she's an older mm, woman and not attractive, male, presumably. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that, I just thought that was an interesting point. Yes, I still don't like it, though. She still gets right on my wick. <laughs> I, I think that, no, give it time. I don't, I like and her. And then she gets even more on my wick time. I think she's a lonely lady, and it's I think she could be a quiet lonely lady. I love her voice. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Mm. Love hearing that accent. I think it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Joy Horvath doing it over for Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Um, I think he's. I think Kate said another tattoo. Oh, did she? Mm. Uh, maybe. Because I remember thinking, I don't know where Kate that lady's nodding there. Do you agree? Yes. Yeah. Well done, All lady right. over there. Are you tattooed? Am I hell? <laughs> <laughs> no. Are you tattooed, wife? On a black skin. Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> well, my brother is over there and he is tattooed. And so, yeah. Hey. Hello, brother. All right, so uh, we've done Ash from Broccoli. Let's have a little touch of the Monty's. Hello, you two. Monty here. Um, this week, I just wanted to say I've really enjoyed it this week because we didn't have any of Joy Horville's bullshit. 
Um, I know there was a big debate last week from various people, some saying that she's just lonely and um, people should be a bit more tolerant, but she's just so irritating that I'm afraid I find it hard not to just shout at uh, the uh, at the podcast uh, every time it comes on and she's um, she's just talking nonsense and just being so boring with it. Um, so, yeah... Uh, I'm really. I was really pleased that Joy Holville was not in it at all this week. I would be quite pleased if they just quietly wrote her out. That whole business with the stupid talking cat thing last week was infantile and really beneath uh, the standard of storytelling you really expect. So thank God she wasn't in it this week. Instead, we had Grundy's um, uh, um, hangover cure bullshit. Instead. Um, I'd be a bit more tolerant of this storyline if it wasn't being um, signposted quite so obviously as another Grundy's um, stupidity story where at the end they'll get nothing out of it and just look stupid. Um, just once it would be nice if the if the Grundy's actually did win in some way. Um, uh, what with Ed and Emma's house and, you know, Will's stuff recently... It's all a bit grim for them, and Joe's death. So, you know, it'd be nice if they actually did win some, get some money out of it in a decent way. Go on, scriptwriters, just uh, surprise us. It would be quite nice for a change. Thanks, guys. Bye. You mark my words, right? In three years, you'll be going, oh, Joy Horville, do you remember when we didn't like her? <laughs> no, you no, remember. It, it you took, will. It you took, mark my words. It took us 20 years to like Linda. <laughs> but you got there, that's the point. <laughs> I was really hard that whole I was really hard on the whole um, storyline with, with Joe dying and then them chasing after this you know elixir to cure hangovers and whatever but then it did occur to me that Ted died didn't he and what the script writers have had to do is pull create a hole in future scripts plots and to put something in that's true. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They've, they've yeah. had to do that. And they wanted to do something which harkened back to the, the, the Grundys, uh, you know, Pete Grundy back in the late 80s, early 90s, when it was always some dodgy scheme and selling Christmas trees and whatever the heck, you know, Eddie was doing. Grundy World of Christmas. Exactly, Grundy World of Christmas. Grundy World of Christmas. So... Though we all know it's a terrible storyline which made no sense, I think we have to cut them a little bit of slack. And they wanted to honour the actor in the tradition of how we kind of came into the show. So I slightly take back what I said before. And I think you all should too as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It must be really hard when... Because one of the lovely things about The Archers is um, the older characters are never written out. Mm. you know and it's such a deliberate ploy um but no one lasts forever so all of a sudden they have to somewhat scramble don't they and storylines would have been written scenes would even been recorded which may be referred to the to the actor and those had to be you know re-recorded so it wasn't the best of stories but i think we can forgive them that but what we can't forgive is this cat nonsense there's no need for that well, I don't understand. I've missed something, right? Because really cross about this. Hilda, Hilda came back, right, and had kittens, mm. yeah? Yeah. Having been away for five minutes or whatever. Now, when 
when Joy was at uh, Peggy's house and Hilda ran off, mm. because and Hilda blamed Joy for frightening Hilda. Mm. Uh, sorry, Peggy blamed Joy for frightening Hilda off outside, and went, "Oh, Hilda's missing now." But surely, and then like three days later, Hilda has kittens. So Hilda's obviously been out before and got mm. some. Mm. So why? <laughs> why when when uh, she ran off? When did, Joy was there, Peggy, was Peggy panicking? Because she didn't come back. But, but she was panicking right there at the moment that she ran off. She was going, look what you've done, Hilda's gone, she's gone. Right in that moment. Yeah, she was right. find it wasn't like she? two days later when she went, oh, Hilda's not come home. It was, no. wasn't it? It was... I don't... Did, did she run off then? Or was yeah. Peggy trying to find her in the house and she couldn't find her well, she, when she, Joy was there? I thought she told Joy off for scaring her off. Oh, I don't remember the cat Hilda running off. off. That's the bit I don't remember. That's what I thought happened. Was she's like, now look what you've done, you scared Hilda off. I thought she was just generally annoyed that Joy would not go away and leave her alone. And she was trying to do something with the cat, wasn't she? Exactly, the cat was there and then wasn't. Right. So... Oh, it was all just blooming nonsense. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> it's just like, it, none of it, but it was so... No. But do, does that thing? happen, though, the cat thing, that, that cats that talk to each other, animals talk to each other? No. No? <laughs> I don't know. Mum, you've got cats. Do they chat? <laughs> yes. I mean, they... Yeah, they do. And, and they have, like, rows. One of my mum's yeah, cats it... cannot stand the other one. And they're... Is the other one Joy Horville? <laughs> but the idea that that message is a message being passed on from a human, that's what I can explain. Yes. Go and tell her. Yeah. That she... I thought it was sweet. Oh, no. No? no. no. Oh, OK. No. I just like everything. I don't complain about any storyline. I'm just like, it's all good. <laughs> We're going to change it to Tracy Sunshine. That's why you want it. Also, I can't sign anything off, yeah, exactly. obviously. Tracy's contractually obliged Every to be nice to that. line is brilliant. <laughs> I tell you what is all good, though, uh, to chime in from what our Susie said, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Tracy, um, is the fact that um, after, after we leave this place... Um, a certain proportion of this crowd will be going to partake and break bread at the pitcher and piano, right? But one of our listeners will not be part of that gang. Hello, you two. Tis old Grey Whiskers here. Now then, ready for Saturday night, and all them people won't be going to the scruff gin, whatever it is, pub crawl thing. Um, I got ready for us. I got the oxtail soup. I got the cod liver oil. I'm struggling with the turkey giblets, and I can't find that whatever it was, coughling the stuff, what we've got to have. Anyway, I'll do my best, but I won't be joining you for the gin crawl, and I just wish you all the best. See you on Saturday. Bye-bye from old Grey Whiskers. <laughs> Of that, they do realise, don't they, that they're going to give everyone salmonella if they give people drinks with got turkey giblets in it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's ludicrous. It's yeah, they could they could have they could have done something like that without adding in something deadly. Surely, mm. uh, well, sounds it's just, wise. It just goes well, in the whole pointed out. nonsense. Mm. Um, didn't you like? You know, you've had this recurring thing for the last five years where you've had like little fixations with, with the listeners and stuff. You have. <laughs> You've been dreadfully inappropriate at times. You have. Who is 
or maybe that's just been off mic. It's so I have to edit those bits out. Hashtag me too. Excuse <laughs> me. Didn't you have a little thing? For, don't you like Buggy Squires? He came to the Brighton meetup. Did he? Yes, <laughs> Brian. Yeah, lovely chap. I just think he's funny. Yeah. Oh. I like Monty. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Mm. Why is Buggy Squires here? Is that what you're going to tell? No, well. <laughs> <laughs> he's coming back. Now, now, Angela, I know that you're in a very happy, content relationship, but have you ever maybe fantasised about a caller in a row? There was that, her boyfriend is dying. I know, I know. This has taken a whole different a couple of weeks ago when Robert and I were hosting and there was the lovely man from the, uh, Scotland with that. Oh. Yeah, see, not just me, everyone <laughs> in the room. Every single one. That was dreamy. I can't remember his name. I was just, oh. Is he here? Oh, Christopher. Christopher. Ah, thank you. That's, mm. I love you, darling. That's the important <laughs> Pointed him out. And that's how I feel about joy. Yeah. <laughs> Her voice. Well, um, so we don't have a call from. Oh, we did. Do, oh, we did have Monty, right? So yes, we did. Maybe you can shut your face. All right. <laughs> okay. Here's Buggy, Buggy Squires. Hang on. Hello, it's Brian Buggy Squires here. What a little tosh this was week was. It all filler stories and comic relief stories. There's no. Meeting it. You've got Carmen, which is ridiculous. We've never heard of it before. Why and how was Joe kept that secret? No, no. And hangover cues, honestly. As after you've had Joy the Cat Whisperer, and it's the endless at the moment. Endless rubbish. I'm sorry. Um, only drama bit was um, Shula's autobiography and Freddie reading it. As if Freddie would read anything. Um, and would you read Shula's autobiography anyway? No, no. <laughs> Crabbish. Any good bits were the story of um, Jim's Halloween story. That's quite good. And the um, Yakult yeah, at the Aldridge's dinner party. I quite enjoyed that. Rest of it, absolute rubbish. Um, <laughs> one were thing about f- when um, Helly swanned off with Henry to go trick or treating at the last minute, after leaving a party that she'd organised. That didn't make sense either. Mind you, you've got the advantage that Henry probably wouldn't need to have a Halloween costume, just Henry turning up on the doorstep, <laughs> giving it a weird look. <laughs> And hello, mummy, and that would be enough to scare little Britavius out of anybody. But um, that's about it. Um, I hope it, things pick up in next week, otherwise it's getting getting really boring. Okay, thanks. Yeah, and keep up good work. Thanks, then. Bye. I'm going to go on a little bit of a quick ramble, but there is a point to this, right? So, so don't moan, Andrew, right? <laughs> now... So I've just I've just come back from being with my kids in Toronto, and of course uh, 
trick-or-treating um, Halloween is much bigger in North America than it is over here, much bigger. And everybody dresses up, even like adults dress up, and all the house have the pumpkins and whatever, and blah, blah, blah. And I remember driving down the road and just seeing groups of eight-year-old kids by themselves um, walking up to strangers' houses, and I thought, aren't they doing all the things that we tell kids not to do normally? Don't talk to strangers, don't accept things from strangers, etc., etc. And actually, it shows you that we, I think, we overprotect kids by saying, you know, but by making them utterly scared of uh, regular social interaction, which we would have had when we were children. And my point is, and I hadn't thought about this until listening to, to that call, that Helen very deliberately had a party because she doesn't want Henry to be out. Because if there's going to be one day of the year when a child's going to be more vulnerable to be taken, or when Rob could be in the village and have an interaction with Henry, it's going to be on Halloween. Oh, I haven't thought of that. There you go. And also, just people running around with plastic knives, probably Henry don't need that. <laughs> Tins of custard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tuna bake. <laughs> well, most of the kids around our way, they go out with their parents. They don't go out mm. by themselves anyway. You see an embarrassed mother standing well, in the back going, come on, come on. You, you definitely do see over there, it was, if the child is like seven and under, yes, there is a parent in a car and seen and seen the in, but there were groups of eight-year-olds wandering around, all dressed up, and it was lovely. Mm. It was lovely. I opened the door this year to a very small boy. In he was on his own, no makeup, nothing in his PE kit. <laughs> <laughs> and I opened the door and thought, and I said, he sort of went trick or treat, <laughs> and I said, what are you? And he went, dead Arsenal player. <laughs> so I gave him a bottle of bar. I remember when trick or treating wasn't really a thing. No, no. And, I, and it just sort of started to be a thing when I was still a kid. Like very, because we watched American shows, we sort of knew what it was. And I can remember being—I must have been about ten or eleven—and uh, these kids knocked on the door to trick or treat, and we'd never had that before. And um, my mum answered the door. They went trick or treat. She went, "Oh, treat!" Took a handful of their sweets and shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> do your little ones do it um yeah my five-year-old went out on her own no. <laughs> with with some <laughs> um, with some with some um friends and we we live in a kind of little there's four little streets and it's quite a nice little community and um she went out with some friends from her school and their parents uh, and I would have taken my 16 month old but he was a bit tired yeah. <laughs> I had a pumpkin out for him and everything but, um, yeah. but how old are your children on the archers is it Bradley and Brad and Chelsea Brad and Chelsea I don't know what they're doing uh, they go trick or treating they went trick or treating they not come back kids and cars <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they're, oh God, are they, they're 15 and 13, something like that. So we should start think, to hear them soon then. Well, I was thinking about that. They're not going to like Oliver as their stepdaddy, are they? <laughs> <laughs> I can say nothing, because I know nothing. Um, yeah, I was thinking that. that they, but then there must be other kids that you don't hear from. Ever. Well, normally they go, when they're little, we just get the, yes, warm, 
people, you know, the yeah. tiny little ones. Yeah. And then there's, there's a gap. Effect. Then there's a huge gap. And then they appear on yeah. like this. <laughs> Regardless of where their parents are from, they yeah. generally have a completely different regional accent from the place where their parents are from. <laughs> yeah. So Chelsea will probably talk like this. Hello, mother. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Marvellous to see been in a room listening. I've been like, you must speak proper. Um, <laughs> oh, it was um, Daryl's kids, wasn't it, we heard? Do you remember they... Because they were like... I was just trying to think. Mm. They've been sort of common kids, in it? Mm. Like Daryl's kids. Yeah. yeah. Who's Daryl? Daryl was the... Um, he lived in a shed for a bit. He, he was one of yeah, Shula's Shul- Shul- yeah. tried to... Oh, homeless yeah. Shula. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Played by a friend of mine. Yeah, the pole. <laughs> Dan, who's a, a, a married to a Polish woman. Yeah, remember? Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And he it's had, uh, he, yeah, he had a horrible. Well, he had uh, a breakdown. Yeah, a breakdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh god, that was that was a very powerful story. And, um, yeah, he had daughters, right? And they were yeah, common. Yeah, common. <laughs> I can say that as a common old <laughs> bit of whatever. But um, yeah, there was many a, common kids. Yeah, because he's no. he's a he's a brummy. And, uh, yeah, he was married to a Polish woman and his daughter, I remember the daughter, she's very good. Yeah. And she had a strong Brummie accent as yeah. well, which is not common, but... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah I, remember, yeah, I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. That it's, sometimes, it's, and I do think, oh, it'd be nice, I wonder what happened to him. Yeah, it's Daryl. Because I forgot. Did he get himself together? Uh, yeah. What's he doing? Where's that woman real, that Pat was looking after? <laughs> Oh, uh, Alison Sedman. She's living on the bypass or something. Oh, <laughs> <Owen. laughs> Didn't they fall out? And she... Yeah. But, and then, but well, she took that, her TV off with her, didn't she? That was Popping just because the, act, the actor wanted to be in the archers. That yeah, whole yeah. storyline made no sense. No. Yeah. No sense. Yeah, that was just Alison thinking one. She was in it for a while, though, wasn't she? I mean, it well, wasn't like two a... weeks. It was like two was intense two weeks. It wasn't even a month. Okay. Did somebody said to me... I don't know whether I dreamt this... Someone said that the woman that played um, that peculiar Carmen was Nadia Sawala. Yeah, I heard that. No, it, she wasn't. Was it not? No. Oh, somebody said that on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. I thought that was a bit odd. It's Mia Sotu... I can't remember her name. Uh, but it wasn't. Okay. Um, okay. Good. Okay. Any other like, little archers, cast, mysteries you want to clear up for us? <laughs> I mean, I'm not no one to ask. I couldn't remember who Daryl was. Um, <laughs> mysteries. I mean, anyone got any... <laughs> I mean, Tracy does like being a kind of detective. I thought they were going to go that way with her, actually, for a oh, while. Oh, with that ghost Well, there was the ghost you. thing, and then the, before that, there was, like, the um, gym uh, fixing the... Uh, fixing the um, vote for the Canterbury Tales best yeah. tale or whatever mm. it was. Oh, yeah. She was like, hmm, I need to find out what's going on. <laughs> I was imagining Tracy going around with a magnifying glass. <laughs> and there was something else. I was like, Tracy is the resident Agatha Christie. Um, or Miss My Marple. favourite things, um, her interactions with Russ. Because oh, yeah. he tries to be oh. so sneery to her and she's just like... Don't <laughs> <laughs> that, that dinner, that Sunday oh, roast that Noah Loxley was beautiful. This wine's lovely. Yeah, she just seemed to be roasting. Potatoes just like. It's great. No sticking your two fingers up doesn't really work on a podcast. Oh, no, just, no. Just, just saying, just saying. But Tracy's a case in point. You know, we talked about Linda mm. before, and we said, you know, character comes in, takes you about. 20 years before you like them. It's not been the case with Tracy. And, and, um, though Tracy isn't annoying to us, the listeners, tr- at least initially, you rubbed people up the wrong way in the village. 
And it is now that you are working at Grey Gables that people are seeing your worth and that there is more to you than just being a little bit of a gobshite. Try to get off with Roy. Yeah. <laughs> but I, when, when, I, when I listen to it, I still, there is still that, oh, you, you know, oh, not Tracy. Oh, God, no, 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 but it's different because because the, there's two audiences. There's there's the there's the uh, the audience in the village and how they're reacting. You know, the citizens of the village. Yeah. And people are like, oh bloody Alex Tracy, like yeah, yeah. you rub people up the wrong way when you're playing cricket. Oh you yeah, yeah, no, that's what I mean. In, 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 in the, in blah, the blah, show. Blah, blah. Yeah. But us as the listeners, <laughs> well, we, we loved it. Well, you like, but and also you've got to have that bit of grit. You've got to have the rubbing up the wrong way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> um, otherwise it would just be. Yeah. No drama. Well, it was, it's holding a mirror up to the snobs, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To, yeah. And it definitely, and that, de- yeah, that definitely happens, doesn't it? Because yeah. uh, even people like going right back, yeah. The, the, so if if Dakar, mm. I'm just bringing up all the characters oh, no, you haven't no, heard she of. She feels so mate. mad about forgetting Daryl. She's digging really deep now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I thought that was going to go somewhere. Um, yeah. uh, and uh, I, yeah, I remember Lillian and Justin having a conversation with her and them being. Not Tracy. But, but your first storyline that I can recall as you as Tracy yeah. was a slightly iffy, a slightly horrible one where we thought that she was trying to get her ownership, da- get your dad. dad to sign over the house yeah. to oh, you. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah, thought, ooh, I don't, I don't like the sound of her. And then you sort of disappeared, then you reappeared. It's la 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 la, and you're all lovely yeah. again. So. Well, I don't really know what. That was never. But it no. was never actually. Um, nothing ever. Happened. I, I think, think it was. I think it don't was, tell us. There was a storyline that looked like it was going somewhere. I don't and know just whether, off and disappeared. I don't know whether Wouldn't that was be? just because they wanted to say Tracy lives. Tracy lives in the village. She. Yeah. She, yeah. she does. She lives there. She. she She's still living with her dad. She yeah. Still lives with her dad. And Gary. Yeah. It was Star yeah. Wars wallpaper. Um, <laughs> yeah. Still there. So I think. I think that might have just not. I, I think it was a bit of a red herring. I think it was yeah. a device to suggest that she. She's. But it staying. made her not. Yeah. It made her. Yeah. I know. Yeah. A not very pleasant character. It was a bit. In actual in, fact, she does have a good heart. Yeah, because I've always felt that she do, did and yeah. does, and um, that, uh, I think she just. I wish she's put a foot in it. Otherwise, everyone would have carried on hating him, and then it would have all. Be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really like Freddie. I love. I love him with Shula. Don't you? Just think. Nice. I just like everything. Um, I, I think that with with the horror bins. There's been poor plotting of them being in the village because they are Ambridge's total ne'er-do-wells. Mm. But then you have the Grundies who are now half a step above, the, mm. the, the Horribin Horribins. We're not on about Susan, you know, yeah. Susan Carter and whatever. And, 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 they've, and they've had a problem with them because of that, really. Hence, your dad, Clive, is mentioned... My brother. Oh, your brother, sorry. What's your dad called? Uh, birds, birds yeah. sorry. Confusingly. Thank you. Two birds. Thank you. Um, but you know, your dad's mentioned every now and then, and occasionally has a speaking part once every three years. Well, he hasn't done it for a, a long time, actually. It's probably been about seven years. No, since we've been doing Dumbly Dumb, he has actually been on. So it's really? So in the last five years, he has. Oh, well, that's good. But, but it's just, just weird. Like <laughs> we know who they're supposed to be, but they're never actually developed, and they're not silent. Well, the, the thing, Clive is in prison... Uh, and there's Keith, who there's three brothers, and Susan and, Susan and Tracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean Gary. Gary is mentioned, uh, sort of, jokingly really, 
Um, Gary's a bit slow. He's a well, bit he is. Needs a bit of yeah. Is he medically yeah. thick? He is, isn't he? I think he he's is. Medically thick. Yeah. Um, so he's living at home, and uh, and the brothers are in prison. Although Keith was put down, put down, sent down. <laughs> sent down. <laughs> I don't own pets, and that's what. Um, was sent down for four years in 2011. I think. <laughs> what he's doing and then and then Clive was sent down after um, uh, there was a big storyline in Ambridge Extra I don't fighting. know if anyone ever no. listened to that no um, there was this, uh, Ambridge Extra he it, it, it was quite scary really he was kind of um, he was manipulating <laughs> does, that, does anyone I remember, remember this to, anyone remember? what happened so he was manipulating <laughs> Keith's wife Debbie and uh, started to go out because Keith was in prison and then Clive turns up and starts whining and dining um, Keith's wife. I can't remember why. This also oh, was Ambridge to... Extra. This it was Ambridge Extra. Extra. Oh, oh. It was Ambridge Extra. <laughs> oh. Sorry, do we not discuss that? Yeah, that... No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. sorry. So, so, and then he, he was trying to attack... He, he was going to attack um, her and, Tra- and Tracy and it was this big, scary... Oh, Tracy and Debbie. Debbie held up in a house? Yeah, we were in a house and it was, like, terrifying. He was coming round, like, banging on the door, let me in. It was scary. about that. And then he got taken away by the police and put in prison. I didn't hear that at I all. I miss Ambridgeetra. Well, it was really good. <laughs> I think it was a good, um, a clever way of d- expanding yeah, things. Yeah, finishing those storylines that just didn't get finished in the house. Because Tracy was like expanded quite quickly. <laughs> I don't like Well, we'll never know, really, will we? Well, where Phoebe went off to South Africa, that was an Ambridgeetra. And then mm-hmm. there, was... there was something to do with Russia. And Alice. Oh, oh no, um, yeah. Brenda Tucker. No, it's Brenda, yeah, Brenda, yeah. Brenda Tucker went yeah. off to... Yeah. And Lillian. And, and, uh, and Matt. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was Alice in, South Af- in Southampton, sorry. Oh, yes, there was with the... Uh, almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Judy friends. That's yeah. right. Sorry, I'm just mm. on a tangent there. <laughs> South somewhere. <laughs> South But just <laughs> thinking about, going back to the Horribins, I think that, that is why they're... That's why there's always that, oh, Tracy Horribin. Because they've got that association with criminals. Mm-hmm. I mean, Clive... Yeah, and and Susan has tried to, you know, distance herself she's so had her far. Horribin. From, yeah. oh, also and, she, and she has succeeded. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. Actually, the uh, only Horribin that hasn't been in prison. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't so, think she... I, I, she's not... She definitely doesn't... She does not want to break the law. She, she wouldn't... Apart from the car keying. Wow. <laughs> Is that breaking the law? That's just, you know, that helping hobby? a mate out. Helping a, <laughs> helping a family member out. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, where, where have we had calls from? Where? Yeah, today. I don't know. I don't know where people live, do I? Well, we had Ash from Broccoli. Oh, yes. Should we go to New York now? Yeah. All right, then. Hi, it's Morgan in New York. Morgan NYNY on Twitter. I'm calling in because I really do like the character of Joy. Would I want her to be my friend? No. Do I really get excited every time she appears? Yes. <laughs> when she comes on while I'm listening on the subway, I have to face the wall <laughs> because I'm laughing. I really do hope we find out her whole story. Bye. Oh, short and sweet. Oh, Thank you. And um, now the next caller is um, one of our... 
it's up there in the pantheon of our Dumby Dum listeners. It's our Auntie Jean, oh, who yay. unfortunately couldn't be with us today. Oh. Hello, everyone. It's Auntie Jean here. Hello, everyone. I did leave you, leave you a gap, so please, can you shout back? Hello, everyone. <laughs> uh, I can't be with you today, unfortunately, because I'm working till two o'clock, so I'd need the TARDIS to get to you in time. Um, and I'm sorry about that, because I would have liked to have been there. Um, Royfield, Luce, who'd have thunk it that we'd made it to 300 plus episodes? I remember the very early days when there was you, two, me, Dusty, Yoko Bear, maybe a few others. <laughs> oh, those were the days. Now, I've got a question for you all to discuss. Now you're all in Birmingham Town Hall together. And here it is. Do we criticise and moan way too much about the archers, and should we spend more time celebrating our docu- our favourite docu soap? Okay, right, off you go. Discuss. <laughs> and love to all Dumpty Dummers, obviously, to Roy, Lucy, Angela, and Susie, and I'll see you all next time, hopefully. Auntie Jean. Bye. Bye, Auntie Jean. I don't think we're actually critical enough, if I'm being honest. Uh, I, I, I actually don't. And um, editorially, not that we ever have editorial meetings, but like, you know, using our own kind of common sense, if we were to be totally brutal, we wouldn't have the likes of Susie no. sat Fine. with us, would we? Is this when it turns? Is this when it turns? No, but you know, the, the logic of it is that we do this show because we're fans, because we love the archers. And, but of course, we're critical uh, about the show at times, but we're much more in praise than we ever are critical because we're fans. Otherwise, we wouldn't be listening, we wouldn't be doing well, yeah, podcasts about it. Well, yeah, it would tip too it. far, wouldn't it? Right. But when something is utterly dreadful, sometimes you have to kind of tone it down because we do actually have a relationship of sorts with, with you guys, with, with the actors. We don't and... have to tone it down that much, though, do we? If we don't like it, we don't kind of... Well, we've just been really rude about last week, haven't we? <laughs> Let's face it. I don't think we've been rude enough about last week. That, that's the <laughs> thing. I, I think... I, I honestly... That was Royfield. <laughs> I honestly think it was it the worst Royfield. bit of writing that we've had in ten years. Wow. I, I think it's that bad. That, that was there was utterly no need... <laughs> there was utterly no need for that ridiculous... I understand that they wanted to have... They used um, the, the drag queen of finding Carmen as a plot device to harken back, as I said before, to the good old days of the Grundies, be, Grundies being no good ne'er-do-wells. I understand all that, but they used the wrong device. Mm. And it was badly written, it was badly acted, badly directed. Everything about the, that scene stunk. How is, how is your career in the diplomatic? I don't know. I think that's the last dummy <laughs> dummy. <laughs> no, but it, but, it, it, but it was bad. And, and we have, and I think, I know sometimes I bite my tongue because what you want to do is you want to, so I said sometimes, sometimes. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think I'm actually quite diplomatic as it goes. <laughs> But with the Rob and Helen thing, uh, when Helen stabbed Rob, 
I was very critical, but I think my criticism was, was very constructive. And I said it was brilliantly acted, it was brilliant, you know, but it was just wrong. This just, on no level did this actually mm. work last it week. Felt on like no it was level. It much just sort of put in separately. And, and as you said before, it does show how good everything else is around it. Mm. Exactly. The fact that it stuck out so, mm. like a sore thumb. And also, <clears throat> bearing in mind what Auntie Jean said, we do listen forensically. And if anybody, don't we, if anybody is going to notice that, oh, I see Kate's a vegan, but apparently the wine doesn't have to be vegan. Mm. <laughs> really notice that. No one else in their right mind would notice that. Let's face it, it is because we are so immersed and so obsessional that mm. we do criticise it because we criticise everything. I swear to God, the scriptwriters must be thinking, oh, my God, who would have thought they'd have noticed that? Mm. You know, so- we have people ringing in and going... You, well, she'd never be able to make that volume of cheese, but that's... I've costed it out. I've costed it out, you know. Cosmo's done a spreadsheet. Exactly. <laughs> I always think, you know, that in the corner of the artist's production office is like a red telephone. Yeah. And every time it just goes, Whoa, like this. And yeah. oh, God, Dumpty Dum's found something. They're on to us. <laughs> mm. uh, this show's running long. It is. Three uh, do you have any emails? I may have done, but I didn't. But you did. Right. So it's that time, folks, where um, I say, if you're in Australia, maybe New Zealand, possibly in the United Kingdom, maybe in Ireland, or even the States, or Canada, you'll probably get an ad. If you're not, you won't. And you definitely won't if you're sitting here. (laughs) (laughs) And after the ad break, we'll be here with some live, in-person, cuddly yokels. 
<laughs> Talking about This Is Your Life, you know yeah. Charles Collingwood, who plays Brian? Yes. You know he went on This Is Your Life because of the, the Brian and Siobhan affair. It was that. That's uh, the reason oh, really? why he was on. Yeah. He said, because of that, I was called on This Is Your Life. Wow. Yeah. So. Can you imagine doing Brian's? If it was the character. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard from her for 15 years. Oh, my God! Who is it? Hello. Hello. It's a long way round there. I've got the book, Roy Field, This Is Your Life. <laughs> so, um, I almost got lost here. Anyone tried to get out of um, New Street Station when you don't know the way? <laughs> But it was fine, because I asked a stray cat, and I asked another stray cat. <laughs> and here I am. So, Andrew, I think there's something in this. Um, I also wanted to just say, because I've been waiting for this for years, so I'm going to abuse my position a bit and say, finally, I got the one thing I wanted from the Archers, which was a Halloween special. Oh, I love it. I, yeah, I've been waiting for that for years, because I spent... A joyous 15 minutes having the Willis put up me by the script writers. So. <laughs> and also, we've got Tracy Horbin here. Tracy's here. All right. And um, there's something actually about Tracy. It's probably gone unnoticed on Twitter, but within the Archer's Twitter community, there is a sub community, which is Gay Archer's Twitter. <laughs> and I can tell you, Tracy Horbin is a gay icon. <laughs> We, we all want to go clubbing with Tracy. Oh, it would just be amazing. amazing. That's the best thing ever. <laughs> and on that note, uh, Royford, it would have killed you to get Chris Carter along as well. <laughs> anyway, so on with the social media roundup. I will try and keep... Preferably in a tight shirt. But anyway, the... Um, I will try and keep this shirt I, uh, short, I promise you. <laughs> off, off, I, will, off. I, I will cut, try and keep this short. Uh, short. Um, I promise you that because my bird is my wand. So, um, but I'm going to do a little bit of audience participation in that the social media roundup this week is based around certain people. So I'm going to read a list of the characters that I'm going to mention. And if you love this character, I want you to cheer. If you don't like this character, I want you to stay silent. So on the social media roundup this week, we have Tracy Horobin. We have Joe. Just stay silent. <laughs> it was a risk. It was a risk. Um, we have Joe Grundy. Yay! We have Johnny. Yay! We have Shula. Yay! <laughs> and finally, we have Russ. <laughs> thought so <laughs> so let's start with Tracy um, because of course Oliver and Tracy they made up this week and it was lovely um, Matilda Southwood said I'm looking forward to all the mischief that they're going to get up to she didn't define what mischief meant in this case <laughs> but I think it's going to be brilliant um, our very own Witherspoon said that the whole scene showed with Oliver showed the humanity of Tracy, how she's a fundamentally decent person. Um, and Joanna Powell said, I adored her in Amber Dextra getting exasperated with her brother Gary. Tracy should have her own spin-off series. And this is great minds thinking alike. <laughs> I've got written down here, 
she needs her own crime show where she she teams up with Oliver like a common Miss Marple. <laughs> it's got to happen. Yeah, script writers, get onto it. Um, Laura Joe said uh, that she loves how much um, Tracy likes pointing out stuff, like how much older than Lily uh, she is. And also, uh, Gillian Corrigan just said she loved the line, hello, Russ, how's the divorce going? <laughs> Straight in there. Um, she's seen through Russ, has it? I mean, Tracy kind of sees for everybody, really. She just sees everybody for who they are. But on to the other nice person. Let's talk about Johnny. Now... Johnny, the nicest guy in Ambridge, but we have the potential of seeing a different Johnny this week because he was very, very drunk. But no, Johnny's lovable when he's drunk as well. Um, or as Martin van der Hoover said, he wasn't drunk, he was pleasantly pickled. Um, and also, Johnny has a super fan. Mary McNally said, he's gorged, drunk or sober. <laughs> so you're in there, Johnny. Um, and Jean Bell said, I hope he and the heifer were okay in the morning. <laughs> now, Jean, I'm sorry, but that's no way to refer to Lily. <laughs> um, Adam Hickford said, I loved how Lily went extra posh. Now, I don't think it was posh. I think it was just a call centre voice. Hello, would you like to buy some double glazing? Um, and will she stay with him? That's the big question. Is she going to stay with him or will she choose, you know, sanity? Um... But also as well, let's just take a moment to reflect and pray silence for the sainthood that is Shula. As you know, Shula is through to the next round of Ambridge Got Vickers. <laughs> Otherwise known as, I'm a priest, get me out of here. Or as Wendy Merrick said, Pope Idol. <laughs> oh, now, Lynn Griffith says, she's got a prediction saying that Shula will be Archbishop of Canterbury this time next year and be canonised in the next five. Canonised? What's she going to be the patron saint of? Bored ex-wives? Stressed out hump masters? Hypocrites? John, Mel uh, John Calston Merritt um, suggested it might get like the Crusades. He said, will she move on from Ambridge or will she go cross to cross with Alan in a holy war to take St Stephen's? Full armour. Um, even more worrying, Andrew Disbury said, my money, sorry Alistair, is on a virgin birth on Christmas Day. Uh. Script writers don't listen to that one. But I think there was one person this week on social media that summed it up. Um, Denise Tomlinson, our own very dusty substances, gave a one-word post which was just ludicrous. <laughs> Can I get an amen? That was a compulsory drag race reference. <laughs> finally, let's talk, well, not finally, but let's talk about Russ. Oh, God, do we have to? But there were some interesting things this week because there was lots of predictions about Lara. What was it going to be about Lara? Because we didn't know, did we? Some people said that she's actually got lots of small children. Other people said she's definitely pregnant. Other people, one person or two people came up with the idea that Lara isn't actually his ex-wife, it's his mum, and he's never been married. <laughs> but worryingly, one person said, I know, how, I know what it is with Lara. She's a drag queen. <laughs> As Brenda from Bristol will say, oh, God, not another one. <laughs> now, Claire Asprey, and by the way, Claire has issued a challenge to me to steal this bunting by the end. <laughs> challenge accepted. 
Um, said that Lara's house is probably full of stolen artworks from Lower Loxley that I assume Russ is taking with them. Now, I don't know about you, that is, that is a case for Tracy Horrible and all <laughs> Some script writers, you need to do that. Um, Nick Holland said, and I think it might speak for a few people, he said, is it not time for Russ to put the Christmas lights up on the roof of Lower Loxley? <laughs> <laughs> on a windy day. <laughs> Matthew Joseph Burt said, perhaps when Lily dumps him, he will turn to Elizabeth in a bid to prove he doesn't have a thing for younger women. Uh, Someone needs to warn Leonard that Jill might not be safe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, sorry, I'm just trying to keep my lunch down. <laughs> And finally, let's talk about Joe, because I thought it was a brilliant send-off. Um, Janice Betson said, that final clip of Joe caught me unawares and caused me to have a lump in my throat. Mm. But to be honest with Janice, that might have been the mini steak and kidney pie. <laughs> Emma Louise Woodhouse said, it set me off when Jim started to play in the ball. And Karen Davis said, I love the full name tribute. Um, and John Crow also pointed out, and this was brilliant, Script writers had to do a few twists and turns, but Joe got his telegram from the Queen. Yeah. The pub. <laughs> and to finish off with, I just want to say, because I think, you know, we try and do a funny social media roundup, but Sue England, I think, on that, that, that episode this week, summed it up and said, This is the archers at his best. R.I.P. Joe. So that's the social media uh, roundup for the week. But can I get a big cheer for somebody else? Which is my job share on the other side of the world, Millie Bell. <laughs> and so that is the social media roundup for the week. And finally, I would just say, Roy, Chris Carter next time, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, remember, ladies and gentlemen, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website, or you can call 0203 leave a message. Thank you to Susie for spending your Saturday afternoon with us, um, and your mum. Hello, Susie's mum. <laughs> um, and special thanks to Angela Barnes, who is here on her birthday and has dragged her poor boyfriend here, <laughs> who doesn't even listen to the archers, let alone Dumpty Dum. <laughs> that is a cue. Yay! Oh, just embarrass your son. Oh, thank you, that's lovely. And um, uh, there's nowhere I'd rather be on my birthday, that's for sure. That's, oh, I'm sure there's a lot of places Matt There's, there's loads of places Matt would yes. rather be, but not me. And thank you so much, both of you, for coming. Oh, it's been pleasure. Lovely. Total pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Oh. Oh, you need to do tweets. Oh, tweets. I was going you know, yes. um, no, to. Do, do you want to have the tweets of the week? No. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, the first one is uh, from Kenton underscore Archer on Twitter. Uh, it says Wayne, Russ is here with the company. Got the kids' menu. Um, <laughs> 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 then we've got, oh, hang on a minute. I've lost my place. Oh, gee. I had this all set up and now uh, this is slick, isn't it? This. Uh, okay, here's one. Uh, why was Toby so scared of Helen's reaction? Statistically, she stabbed very few people. <laughs> 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 it was at pie and a pine. <laughs> the next one is uh, from Maggie at M underscore Aggie G. 
It's uh, hashtag the archers. Toby's got the emotional sensitivity of, well, Toby. Um, and then we have uh, <laughs> this one. This is from at Slack, Slack Allen on Twitter. It says, at some point, Lily will accidentally call Russ dad, and then she will realise that this is the time to call it off. Oh. <laughs> but my tweet of the week comes from uh, Lee Mason, uh, which is at Lee Mace 465 on Twitter. And it's next Halloween. I hope someone dresses up as Beechwood and eggs Helen. <laughs> oh. oh, and um, thank you much. I have a mirror headline, should you oh, yes. require one. Um, family home stinks of rotten flesh due to portal to spiritual world in lounge. There you go. <laughs> 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 They're all true. They're all true, I promise. Oh, well, it seems like we're, we're just about to, ready to wrap things up. Um, dum folks. You should go there, because it's got a shop. And I can see you've been to our shop. You've been to our shop. There's some, me- some people who've been to our shop. And you- sorry. <laughs> sorry. Crashing you. Oh, no. Seems <laughs> why she's at the front. And you've also been to our shop. If you've been to our shop, oh, you know what you should do? Pat yourselves on the back right now. Come on, listen. Pat yourselves on the back. And everybody else give them a round of applause. Thank you for supporting Dumpty Dum. And to the rest of you, shame on you. Shame. <laughs> I genuinely bought two T-shirts. We were in the car on the way here, and I went, oh, I left the T-shirts behind. So <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, bought them, yeah. but I just didn't wear them. Yeah. They've all said that. Ooh. And Tina's got Has she? Oh, bless her. <laughs> Dumdydum.com, there's the shop, there's all sorts there. You can listen to the shows, the the past shows, you can comment on them. And you know what we should do? We should take this opportunity uh, to thank Cosmo for his wonderful podcast roundups. Because I did say this a a few episodes ago, but like he just does his own thing on there, on whatever. (laughs) Cosmo has his own agenda and his own. Cosmo is the Republic of Cosmo. We have no control over him. He, he, ba- he barely mentions the fact that he's reporting on, on the podcast, but he's so funny. So please, if you do, if you want to just like have a little bit of a, a laugh, go on to dumdydum.com and go listen to those podcast. Go read the podcast for Anna's from Cosmo because they are brilliant. We should also thank Mike Hatton, who does. He's just utterly bonkers, and he contributes to the website by. Every episode, he counts all the characters that have been on that episode and tallies them up. And each month, he produces a wonderful spreadsheet on the website. And you know what? It's fascinating. Isn't it? <laughs> so, better than Roy's. Way better than Roy's. Much better. Um, so that's Mike Hatton. And we have to thank Shambridge as well yeah. um, for her great Linda impression. She her did Ruth. Impression. She does. Actually, she, even did, she did a good you. Do you know, I haven't heard it, but I do, I know Shambridge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've worked together. Yeah. She is absolutely brilliant. She's she really totally is. talented. Absolutely. So we thanked, um, just like we thanked Millie Bell and gave her a round of applause, let's thank the other unsung uh, Dum Dee Dum cast as well. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, I'm you, Barnes. You seem to be oh, muscling in. 
on the Dum Dum action. You know, it's a bit of a threesome going on now. But you know, it's like yeah, it's, it's been it's been Lucy and I for years. <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, you're popping up I'm on just every over. other show. <laughs> well, if you will be lazy and not host it yourself, I will step in. <laughs> good point. Good point. Um, if you want to support our show, you can go on to uh, Patreon.com. It's two dollars per show. If you go and do that, this show was born out of Twitter. Twitter is our spiritual home. It's where we get our kind of like leftward, leftward sideways glance at uh, the thing that we love, the archers. Uh, you can find me on Twitter where I am at Royfield. And I am at Lucy V. Freeman. I'm at Angela Barts. I'm at Susie Ritz. And if you type in <laughs> at Dum Dum, you'll actually get Yoko yep. there. Who is much funnier than all of us, so just follow yeah. him, really. <laughs> and um, if you partake in a little bit of Facebook, you can go onto Facebook, type in Dum Dum, and you get a little bit more of Yokel Bell, Millie Bell, and Witherspoon. And I think, folks, that's been uh, your live show. So, if you've enjoyed it, you've enjoyed it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.